Hello, Neo Miami. This is Madcap. And here's Badger. Welcome to our first episode of Gravity Talk, where we'll be chatting and getting to know some of the community stars. Today, we'll be chatting with Grancho, the de facto mayor of Neo Miami, learning more about one of the most treasured voices of our city. Let's dive in, shall we? Uh, okay, okay, so here we are on Gravity Talk with myself, Madcap, Badger, say hello, hello Badger, hello. and our very own Grancho. Hi! <laughs> <laughs> our first question for you, Grancho, and just to kind of open up the floor and open up the conversation is, you know, why Disco Solaris? You know, what grabbed your attention, you know, in the beginning? You know, paint us a picture. So, I am... I'm not a collector of a whole lot of different NFTs. I, I have been in Cardano for a long time, since pre-NFT, the, the time before NFTs for the youngsters out there. And I fell in love with unsigned algorithms and then um, have done a, did a lot of work categorizing them and learning about them and teaching about them and helping people to understand them. And I mostly wasn't interested in the NFT scene in general, that was, uh, I just, I saw a lot of like, you know, people that would get really excited. And then the next week it was another project and it was just sort of always this ever moving thing that I didn't really, it didn't catch me, but, uh, I joined the disco server in January, I think just started to, you know, it was the first time that I experienced a server that had like Gartic games and there was like, you know, trivia and people were sharing 80s music and different channels. And I just, I thought that was a good vibe. Like I enjoyed, I enjoyed the people that were in the server. And then that didn't, that wasn't enough for me. <laughs> it was really after I came to feel comfortable in the server and be happy meeting people there, when I really started to like dig into the project a little bit more than a service level and it was the the amber single that really convinced me that this was more than just a, a, a sort of like temporary NFT project. I felt there was really like a lot of thought and having that quality of artist working on the project. I, I'm a musician too, so that was p perhaps part of it was just like connecting with an NFT project that was bringing music into it, but like. The Fly Me to the Moon single was, that was what really sold me that Disco Solaris, like, wasn't wasn't just another project. Yeah, I think that's, that's something we all feel, like, kind of similar on. Um, obviously, me and Madcap, you know, we weren't, uh, like, core team members originally. And, like, coming in and seeing, you know, I like meeting Amber and seeing the music and hearing, you know, sorry, seeing the video, hearing the music and so on, it just kind of makes it so real, like, immediately. Yeah, it's funny that you mentioned the song because that's how I was also introduced to Disco Solaris. I heard the song and I was just captivated. I was like, oh my God, what is this? Where can I hear more? The song is what got my attention to initially. And then that's when I started exploring more and diving deeper. Like how uh, Badger said, we weren't team members from the get-go, but the world just captivated us and we got really involved. So... So I, I think I could see why, you know, you, you were captivated too. No, it was a, it, I think it was just a very, it was a very intelligent way to 
bring like a level of professionalism and to like show that you're that you have the right stuff you know yeah and, and i think you know there's a similar story about people coming in that you know you almost felt like you, you kind of had to take part you know i know for, for me like it was like how can i do more how, how can i get involved like you know how can i bring like what i think i can to the community and like just be you know involved as much as possible and i think you know getting the buy-in from the community um a big part of it was obviously amber's you know the work that she's put in to kind of show us how serious they were about it as well so while we were we're talking right now i i, I got curious so i went into the discord and i searched up your username grancho to see what your first oh, message was the in the server <laughs> but the conversation was going really well so i i was just laughing to myself <laughs> oh my god that's so funny how we both thought of that yeah yeah uh, the, do you uh... want to do you want to share what his first message was in the server yeah so his first message in the server was in in the gartic uh channel and it was uh dick rain <laughs> <laughs> does it have a date on it uh the 31st of january okay so yeah yeah <laughs> and, and not long after that it was bad gurine <laughs> <laughs> i was you know that's how i like to make friends that's the kind of that's uh, if, if i can make you laugh there then then i can make you laugh anywhere yeah it just it really soldiers on your personality there straight away <laughs> <laughs> Okay, moving on from like how you got stuck into Disco Cyrus itself. Um, obviously, you're almost the the figurehead, not just of the community, but of the amazing group, the uh, the JR Cartel. How did you get involved with them? Oh wow! So the origins of the JR Cartel. It's a kind of a fun story, you know. It was I can't remember exactly when when JR, you know, the the profile emerged and like started to talk about can't even you know i don't i don't know what her first the first tweets were and like the first emergence of her but my introduction to Gile was to papo when it was a couple hours after he made the charles purchase and we were in the server there were a couple of us who were just speculating on uh on the sale and following the breadcrumbs, you know, Papo, Papo likes to like put little nuggets out there and then delete them. <laughs> <laughs> and um, we remembered that he'd made some offers, that he'd talked a little bit about it. He was pretty quiet back in those days, but I think it was maybe Marm and Mogul and I who we sort of had a couple DMs and we were just sort of like, do you think it's him? Do you think it's him? You know, and I just reached out to him and I was like, Hey, like I'm a big, I'm a big fan of this project. I'm a big holder of this project and I'm down to help you with whatever you're thinking about is what I just said to him. Like I didn't even, I didn't ask him. I just, I just knew it was him. And I just said, Hey, let's team up. Like, let's, let's, uh, I'm, I'm here to help work on this project with you. If, if you're thinking about doing something like that. And he instantly was like, "Hell yes," you know. <laughs> and it was just like, it was just instantly became really good friend. Like it was like immediate, just friendship. And it was like we're gonna work together. And there was wild speculation in the you know in the Twitter sphere and like lots of fud and lots of sort of just like disbelief and 
and concern and all this stuff. And we were kind of eating it up a little bit, you know, <laughs> but also trying to like for the people in the server, the people, the actual community trying to like not give anything away, but also like sort of rest people, you know, rest people down a little bit and just assure them that things are on the up and up. And like, this was not a wash sale and you know, all that. But, um, then met Jael shortly thereafter. Um, and she is super awesome too. She's going back into school. She's, she's like been working on farms and all this. I, ha- I haven't talked to her in a while because she, her, her schedule's just gotten so busy. But um, I have Papa to, to work with now most of the time too. And like, so we have Friday uh, meetings, you know, and we just have DMs almost every day, just like trying to help figure out ways that we can support the community projects that are just everywhere, you know. We talked to, to Clint about his animation pro- project earlier this week. And I've had a couple meetings with a couple like projects that I can't announce yet, but we just became really fast friends. And it was like, it was really great to meet him and to like meet his energy. You know, I just knew right from the start that like he kind of steeled my, you know, my resolution that this was the right project and that, that I was at the right place at the right time. And I was going to just do everything I could to like bring the value that I, I saw. Did you, as far as, so you got involved with them, right? And, and you know, you're speaking with them now and you're, you've kind of come to be like the voice of them as well. Is that something that you kind of offered? Um, was it something that was asked of you? Because, you know, you do such a great job at it. Like, how did that come about? Well, thank you. First of all, you know, I think some of it is that I, I've been in Car- Cardano, just Cardano since like 2019, focused on like all the projects that are developing. And I think that that I had made friendships with people in the ecosystem just on Twitter and sort of knew a lot of the different places where we could seek answers to the questions that we would have for like, you know, really building like a development company in, in many ways is what the cartel is kind of up to. And so, but, but I was doing the Twitter spaces before we even talked about, like I, I wasn't approached about that. It was just like, I saw that as something that was necessary to have for our community to just kind of stay involved. And I think that the very first community projects were just starting to emerge. You know, I think Oculus was maybe just like still, still forming and, and um, it just made sense. And then it was very, very quickly, like since I was, we were working as sort of a a group, you know, I just sort of naturally had a lot of information to, to share about that part of the project. So, well, we love to hear you in spaces. It's it's always a treat. So definitely a highlight of the week. I feel like the space is like it's almost better that it's not run by the team. You know, I think it gives a um you know a really nice casual nature. People can come and share things about like their experience more than if the team did it. And and I'm really thankful that you've kind of stepped forward in that role. Well, thank you, Badger. I I appreciate that, and I I see where you're coming from, and I agree. You know, like I like to, I just want to to lift up the community and to like you know shine spotlights where they deserve to go which is all over the place of course the team deserves attention all the time they do great things but there's so many people who are you know now creating their own teams in our universe you know in our project and i know that we all want to support each other mutually and so that's what i try to do in spaces is just try to keep a record of everything that's happening and then try to make sure that our community is aware and supportive of everything that's being built so i appreciate that 
that's really good to like shine a light you know on those like you said those small builders that might not get the attention that they deserve and that's something that we're trying to do here too um you know with these interviews um and with gravity talk is just shining the light on those people and how you said earlier it's it's hard for for people to maybe jump on on spaces whether they be shy and you know they don't want to you know live on twitter spaces or they're just busy or don't have the time you know i think it's it's a great opportunity to kind of showcase what people are up to so you kind of like started that that trend if you will so so thank you again for that I love that. I love that this. I love that you're doing interviews. I think this is going to be a lot of fun. I can't wait to see, to listen in to more. Yeah, same here. Can't wait to to speak to some more people. <laughs> um, <laughs> so, kind of stepping away from from Web three for a second. What are your some of your favorite hobbies like outside of Web three? You know, I know you've shared some really lovely pictures of, of flowers and orchids. Um, so I know that that must be a hobby. Like what are some other things that, that you spend your free time doing? Well, um, I'm a father of two. I have a nine-year-old daughter and a seven-year-old son. And so, you know, I love spending time with the family and we like to go to the pool. You know, we like to go to the beach. We like to draw. We like to play video games together. But I, uh, I'm very fortunate to have a beautiful family. So that's first and foremost what I do. I, I'm also, I'm a carpenter. I've been a carpenter for 20 some years. I built the house that I live in with my family. I'm getting ready to do a crazy demolition and then rebuild of the part of, I live in sort of like a little log, a little cabin that I built onto. And now the cabin is, needs to be replaced. So that's my project for the next, the next 12 months is like, tearing that down and rebuilding it and i also i managed an orchid gallery for for several years i love plants of all types the person that owned the property that i live in now before me was the uh director of the botanical gardens at uh the university of north carolina which is university that i live next to and so there's all kinds of wild beautiful native plants from all over the state that and that was really my first when I fell in love with, with Flora was just getting to experience what he had put before before I was here. Um, and so it was like I would I, I live on six acres and I would wander through the woods and just come across these amazing plants in the middle of the woods that, that he had put there, I know, you know, 10, 15 years ago. And it was just like inspiring to me. So um, I think that's probably where I got my love of plants. And then I also love music. I play music. I've been in bands since I was in high school and now I sing in a Black Sabbath cover band. We do like one show a year pretty much just on Halloween. But we have been doing that for ten or fifteen years, so it's kind of a big deal, you know. Oh, we get a, a good turnout. And I also love world music. I love music from from all over the world. I love folk music from I started really collecting records in probably about 15 years ago. And then I got really, really serious about collecting records like 10 years ago and was doing sort of DJ sets. I, I started to really focus on African music and became friends with some, some African, African immigrants in the area. A friend of mine who is from Sierra Leone, she's a fashion designer and all her um, designs come from Sierra Leone. She has like, she teaches uh, kids and they sort of grow up in her, design houses and then she can uh, import the clothes and the designs here 
but I used to DJ her fashion shows, which was a lot of fun. Um, it was definitely like a eye-opening experience. You know, it was a lot of pressure. <laughs> it was a lot yeah. of pressure as a, as like a native North Carolinian spinning African records for a bunch of Africans, you know, and a fashion show. It was like, you better know your shit, you know, <laughs> like, like that's, that's, it was not a place where you just fall on your face, but it was really cool because, you know, I, I do a show and then afterwards I get to meet these amazing people from Senegal and from Ghana. And like, they were like, it's great to see someone from North Carolina who really knows their shit about this music from where I'm from. You know, it was like so cool to like make those connections with people. And I, I love that music and that culture. So it meant a lot to me to, to see that they like, acknowledge that like i really did care you know and then it was from there it was like i got really into southeast asian music and a good decade of like serious record collecting of like esoteric music that most you know <laughs> most people think it sounds like nails on a chalkboard but i think it's really beautiful and so those are those are those are my core interests i would say you had to guess how many records you own how many would you say um, I think I would, I think it's close to 3,000. Wow. That's in, <laughs> wow. That's, what? Do you have like a, a music room then with all this like gear, I guess? Or? I, well, I have a, I have a giant wall. I have a giant wall that I, when I built the house, I had plans to have a huge, I think at that time I probably had, you know, an eighth of what I have now, but I built like a huge, um, record case bookcase kind of thing and they'll in the wall and so now and i filled it up but um i don't i don't dj anymore really I, I i actually would but i just covid came and then i was just sort of like you know that sort of killed that for a while and then i just got busy doing other stuff but yeah i i, I love records <laughs> there's some there are really some i i found it important to like study and try to preserve the cultural history of, of places that the cultural histories of those, of those places are, is neglected. You know, like there are, there are Middle Eastern countries that it's very difficult to find any record of their music. You know, it's like, well, there are places all over the world where it's like very scarce to be able to find real true records of their history. And it's really important to me to like be able to support that and continue that education and to help those cultures like continue their their story for their for their own people you know like it's it's easy it's easy where i live <laughs> there's you know there's studios everywhere there's cd shops everywhere but um there are some places where like you know really amazing music people you know musicians that spent their lifetime studying a craft only were able to put their music down on on record two or three times and then it's just those records disappear forever and that lifetime of work is just gone and they're masters you know i think that's so beautiful though like yeah. being able to touch into another culture you know everyone says food is such a great way you know to connect with someone's culture and i think the same can be said for music right like it's just a way to to connect on a deeper level than just reading about their culture uh, i don't know i think it's i think it's beautiful and I commend you and praise you for that. <laughs> you're gonna have to, um, you're gonna have to spin some records in the Discord. If you have the equipment for it, that would be awesome. 
Yeah, I, I will. I will. If, if you had to, uh, or if you could recommend just like one record right now to, to the Disco Solaris community to listen to, uh, what would it be? Um, I, I think that like a good, like for like a world music, I think first comes to mind is music from Ghana. Ghana and high life music is like just super easy to just vibe to. It's really good. It's like a lot of it has some pretty like deep, you know, influence from R&B artists and, and like James Brown. And so there's a lot of that, but like the, the musicianship is just phenomenal and the high life musicians, you know, they would in Ghana, they would um, at the turn of the century, there would be these bands that came to town, but the locals would be gated. They would be fenced out from the celebrations inside. And so they would like have to watch through the fences and listen through the fences and then they would create instruments and like sort of mimic what they heard the festivities inside and that's where the the name high life was coined was like that's that's the high life inside and this is high life music this is what we hear but they just made it so much better like they just like they 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 made it from nothing and they made it their own and they became like masters and so i would say like um one of my favorite artists from ghana is pat thomas He's a singer. So I would look for Pat Thomas and Mari Jata. That's another group. The two of, the two of them sort of worked closely through the 70s. But um, look up early Pat Thomas records. Please on Spotify. <laughs> yeah. Sponsor us. <laughs> <laughs> on a personal level, like, it is pretty cool to hear about you talk about like the surviving of the culture things. Like It's not something that I personally kind of have the the link to but in the uk in in the past like five plus years it's been maybe longer you know it's hard to know there's been like a really big like kind of revival of people trying to keep the the languages from various parts of the uk like alive because you know if the younger folk aren't learning them then the kind of culture of the different regions maybe dies with with the the focus they pass away and like you know everyone knows obviously is english is like the main language now of the world but you know, regionally, there's a lot of different um, languages that are very different. Um, you know, you think about the Scots ones, the Gaelic, the Welsh, different Irish ones. And and there's been, like, huge like, uptake um, within younger people to kind of learn these languages um, and through their schools and through their families and stuff. And it's really amazing because, you know, there's... as we've, Same with music as well. Like, there's certain things for a language, and music, I guess, is a language that you can't really convey in another you know, through translation. So that's really cool that you've been doing that. England has a great, a great music scene as far as, as like global records. And, you know, I find that there's a lot of English and French, you know, Mm -hmm. I guess that those are two hubs for like Senegalese immigrants and stuff. I find a lot of really cool African music in, in France and and in England, at least Mm -hmm. label label wise. Yeah. We got a lot of like Kenyan, um, Ethiopian, and various other like from Senegal, um, you know, lots of even like Caribbean influence as well in the, in the kind of music here. Yeah, I, I got I I'll sh- I'm going to share you some stuff. <laughs> yeah, please do. But kind of uh, moving away from from music for a second. So we talked about how you came about, you know, Disco Solaris and how you became heavily involved with uh, the Jail Cartel. But how 
did you become the stylized mayor of Neil Miami? Like, how does that title make you feel? <laughs> uh, it, well, it makes me proud. Um, but I think that it, it sort of came about, you know, gosh, it came about in the Discord server. And it was like the, the concept of there being a mayor of Neo Miami was getting tossed around. I, I remember several people being like, I don't want that. <laughs> and, and, and I was like, hell, I'll do that. You know, I think that sounds fun. And then pretty quickly, it was just sort of like, all right, okay. <laughs> you know, and everybody just kind of started calling me the mayor. And, uh, and I was like, well, I, I said, I would, I said, I'd be down to do this, you know, and, and people seem to like think it's fun. And then, you know, um, like Bobby, uh, hired Pateri to make that, that full body Grancho for mayor <laughs> sign. Oh, and man. it just, it, it just started kind of snoping, you know, people started to like adopt it. And I, and I thought it was fun and I liked it. And I, I, I started to think of it more as it became, it, it became more of like a real title that meant something to me that like, I, you know, it kind of motivated me to actually do mayoral things and like try to, you know, be a voice for the people and like really lend a hand to, to upcoming projects and like help onboard people and help teach people like what, is happening in Neo Miami just because it's, you know, in my opinion, it's, it's, it's the best NFT project there is on any chain. I think that it has the potential to just like surpass everything just because it has the room to, you know, for anything, anything's possible in, in Disco Solaris. Yeah. I think on the, uh, on the math thing as well, like it's really fun seeing the, you know, the, the small things that come out that then, gain a life of their own just through like i don't know the community hive mind um which then you know you can accept yourself and, and build onwards from that you know you know we've seen you know things like the the oculus lounge build out of effectively just someone's collection to, to then an idea to then you know like a real club and so on and i think uh you know it's almost impossible to to kind of see the future of what any single idea would happen because once once it's out there you know if, if the right kind of attention is is focused on it it just blossoms into something it's amazing we we all we all take it seriously you know like we all take it seriously and then i think it once once other people are taking it seriously then you take it seriously <laughs> you know once people like started looking at me and being like oh you're the mayor you must know a lot it's like well if i'm gonna if people are going to call me that, then I really need to know what I'm talking about, you know, and really be helpful. And I think the same thing with, with Oculus, you know, it was a lot of fun and sort of just like a wild sort of thing that was just a party. And then he started to really like think about it and, and he values the community that to the degree that he wanted to make it like a, you know, a real important, important place, important part of the, the story. And so he got serious about it. And, and that's one of the neat things about this project is that we have fun and then we have fun and get serious. Yeah, yeah, that's definitely the case where, you know, it's, it's all linked together where we're all willing to support each other in that and, you know, you know, make it serious. As you said, make it fun, like make it so because there's no point if, if doing this if we all don't enjoy being here. Right. And, and interacting with each other. Um, and I think you know, finding that kind of camaraderie through the, 
the wackiness at times um, is just amazing. And I think as well, like the, the kind of like the willingness of the community to, you know, produce these things and allow each other to. I think a lot of it stems back from the founders as well. Like I remember in the very early days, one of the things that really spurred me on personally was like seeing Snackbeat go from just a, a kind of a bit of a, a fun idea to, you know, then being able to serve drinks and food in, in the Discord to then seeing it in, in the music video that Amber like performed of a song and you know the kind of team's willingness originally to accept that and you know build that into their vision um you know i think really opened the door for us all to be willing to produce those things well it means a lot you know it means a lot when you are having fun and being creative and then somebody takes it serious you know and that they're in they're in the biggest position to take the community serious and for them to do so you know like it invites people to to really try. So yeah, I completely agree. Like I think that from the start, it was um, it was a, a great approach. You know, it really was like this petri dish that just allowed these creative minds to um, to grow and to flourish. And so now it's just it now it's really wild to see like you know teams teams like teams working almost full time. You know that are outside of of dvd on projects in disco solaris you know because i had a call with um with clint this this week and uh, it was with clint and papo and vandal and we talked for a couple hours i'm so impressed with that guy and i'm so impressed with you know he's there are several people that are working on on uh an animated series and like he's he's taking it he's taking a good slow approach and he really is just wanting to deliver something that's high quality. Um, and so it, it was like just having a conversation, getting the chance to the opportunity to have a conversation with, with someone who's so um, creative and, and has such a, a neat vision was totally inspiring. And it was just like, Oh, right. Like one disco is one production company, <laughs> you know, like I said that for a reason. I think like just to add on to like what both of you guys are saying, I think what's also beautiful is just the way it, it goes hand in hand with, with encouraging one another, right? And I think the biggest thing is just sparking the creative energy in one another. Because one thing that I've I've read a lot and I've dealt with personally um, is, you know, like a creative block, you know, artist block, writer's block, whatever that block is. And what I love about our community is that once someone does one thing, you know, just out of, you know, the spur of a moment and they get so much love and so much, you know, attention and, and praise that they get encouraged, you know, to continue what they're doing. Um, and, and I think that's evident, like in a lot of, of the community members, even yourself, Grancho, you said, you know, with, with being the, um, you know, the stylized mayor, like one person said it and then it just caught on. And then you said, you know what? Yeah, I, I am the mayor. <laughs> and then you kind of, you know, leaned into that role. And, um, you know, we see it a lot with so many different community members. And, and that's what's what's beautiful. And um, and I think you, Grancho, you have like you play a big part in that, you know, like you you always are um, an encouraging voice to, to the community members, um, you know, not just in the spaces, but, you know, in the discord. Um, 
So, you know, thank you. You know, I'm pretty sure we can all agree that we're all very lucky to have you. We're all super appreciative. Well, I, I, I feel the same, the same exact way to you guys. Like I feel, I feel so lucky to, to be playing a part in this beautiful thing. You know, like I, I really, I don't know that I've ever been in such a special situation before where there are just are incredible people doing every day working on, on bringing, bringing value to each other, you know, like on just like selflessly in many ways, just like selflessly doing things that are fun for us all to like, to take in and digest together, you know, and like collaborate. And um, so thank you for saying that, but, but it's, it's, it's everybody. Yeah. I think there's something, you know, I've said this before, like quite special about, um, you, you know, you, you get these profile pictures, you, you have the option of being anonymous and then you choose to, you know, empower each other, acts of kindness, you know, build each other up and, and all these things, you know, when it comes out of choice, I think it makes it much more powerful. I, I, you know what, Grant, I have one more question for you, if you don't mind. And no, please. You, you know, um, I'm, I'm curious. So I remember maybe last month you wrote in the Discord how you uh, let your kids choose their own discos from your wallet. How, how did that, how did that go about? Like, what gave you that idea? When, and did they give you a reason as to why they were drawn to the ones that they chose? So. Uh, they, you know, they've sort of seen these cartoons <laughs> on my phone or on the computer. They, um, but really I wanted them to, I wanted them to, it, it came from me believing in the longevity of Disco Solaris and feeling like it was something that they would really appreciate later on. And so, you know, they don't, they don't understand everything that we're doing or, or really like the ins and outs of what an NFT is or anything like that. It was more just like, you know, you, you, you guys, I want, I want you to choose. I want you to choose like your favorite character here, you know, and like you can, you can pretend to be them or not or play around with it or not. But I, I wanted to like let them have an option to secure something that they liked in this snapshot in time. Um, because I think that, you know, I really do believe that this project is going to grow into something that will be be here in ten years. You know, and 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 in ten years, the kids are going to know what this stuff is. You know, and they are going to be happy that they chose the NFTs that they did. Awesome! I I really <laughs> I love that the ones that they chose too. Like when you would put that in the channel, they oh wow. They chose some really good ones. They, they got a good eye. <laughs> they did choose good ones. They chose some. Yeah. I was like, all right. Like, yeah, I was planning on holding those anyway. Yeah. Was any part of you like, oh, man, you, you had to take that one off of me, man. <laughs> <laughs> I was sort of glad that they were not going to ever, that they were like in the family for good, you know, sort of like, right. okay, nice. that's fine. <laughs> nice way to look at it. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Like uh, pointing at the what the other ones like I'm maybe getting rid of like what about these ones? Are you sure? Are you sure? <laughs> <laughs> um yeah, well thank you so much, you know, for talking to us. I know, you know, we don't want to take up too much time and then for Badger, it's like almost, it's what I'm not looking. I'm not looking. <laughs> <laughs> but but if you if you had any final words or final thoughts 
you know, that you wanted to share with the community, feel free, please. I, I want to say thank you. I want to say thank you to um, everybody that is working on a dream, you know, working on this dream to like create, create a, a society where we care for each other. And, and that is, it's so beautiful to be a part of. And it's so beautiful to see the care with which uh, you guys welcome new community members and you, and you know, people come with ideas and are instantly met with like a lot of support and a lot of kindness. It means a lot to me to see. And so I'll always be here to like talk to you or help support your ideas or try to like connect you to people who can help you with your ideas. Um, because I really believe in, in our family, you know, I believe in that this is, is kind of a family and like, I just, um, it's beautiful to see and I, I, I'm here to support you in whatever ways I can. Well, we definitely feel the, the love and the encouragement every single day. So thank you for that, Grancho. And thank you for your time, too. Well, thank you, guys. And um, I guess we'll, we'll see you in quarantine, I guess. <laughs> is, that, is that where we still are? For very shortly. Yeah. We'll pack our bag. Let's get ready to rock. Hey, Neo Miami. I just wanted to thank you all for tuning in to Gravity Talk's first episode. We had a blast getting to know Grancho, and we hoped you enjoyed the conversation as much as we did. We wanted to thank Deep Blue for creating our amazing intro song, as well as Moonlight Radio for editing and hosting the show. Until next time, Madcap out.